What kind of men were they? New men with a capital N, mayhap, who produced this fascinating music. Even Elvis Presley, descendant of the Palatinate Presslers, as the heirs of the artist tellingly also called the pelvis had recently found out, had once been, aside from having worn eyeshadow in the Grand Ole Opry, just such a new man when he had, Vivian knew, stuffed an empty toilet paper roll in his underwear before his performance, thereby demonstrating, really only seemingly masculinized by the removable piece, the availability of the role of men too, in the truest sense of the word, at least for himself and his personal circle, and most especially for the exegetes comprising the public, or rather for the female exegetes, added Hans, who knew this ambivalent anecdote and that insignificant modification according to which the hollow, loose cardboard roll had been replaced by a massive steel bar sewn into the fabric. The man as male impersonator? Actually, female impersonator, Vivian thought, because only a woman would avail herself of an ersatz penis. And soon, legions of intuitive Elvis imitators of all races and genders had appeared on stage. The small underwear intervention as a giant leap for human knowledge, the part-time physician's receptionist punned. And for a brief moment, the tinge of a feeling befell Vivian Atkinson that the world armed by her parents had improved a tiny but significant bit. Very tangibly, Hansi Mullenkamp also remarked, Seeming to feel at the same moment, however, nothing more electrifying than to sit next to the army brat with the grown-out bob in this Hanshusheim pizzeria, frequented by predominantly female students recruited by flyers, while waiting for Froke Stuver, who claimed to have already begun a presentation twenty minutes ago about the lesbian in more recent pop music. Stuver is always late, Vivian knew, as did Hans, with whom Froke during the course of affairs, had once almost even had a fling in 1996. At the time, amateurishly manufactured ecstasy pills had transported them both pretty much immediately to the sexual finish line, and while they were still dressing one another the following morning, Froca had sworn up and down never again to sleep with a man, even a nearly hairless one like Hans, whom Froca had dubbed Hansi Pompadour. I am so terribly sorry. Froca Stuver, who really did just live right around the corner adjacent to the industrial park, stepped in from the rain into the trattoria, sopping wet. The country singer K.D. Lang, of whom Madonna's remark was rumored, I saw Elvis and she was gorgeous, once allowed herself, dressed as a man, to be lathered up in a barber's chair for a shave, nay, as if for a shave, by the photo model Cindy Crawford for a cover spread of the magazine Vanity Fair, with which the magazine oriented toward a female heterosexual readership, Froca with a note of triumph, heterosexual by compulsion, managed to book a surprisingly large commercial success. Nothing new for the magazine market, this kind of gender-transgressing consumer behavior, explained the female lecturer, whose bathroom was flanked by towering stacks of old playboys, but who then had acquired this Vanity Fair issue in such huge quantities. Sapphic reader circles, upright men who had always been deeply receptive to the sight of lesbian ensembles, along with their coquettish wives who were devoted to non-committal lesbian chic. Here, numerous hands flew wriggling into the air. Cool Frauke had addressed her difficult concerns to the muggy microclimate of the room so suggestively that she was barely capable anymore of reconquering the floor. 
Finally, however, the specialized audience calmed down again. Someone tipped open the window to the courtyard, and Frau Kerstuver from Travemunde continued lecturing. Frank, an austere folk songstress with a crew cut, had enjoyed some subcultural success with her song, I Enjoy Being a Girl. The collegiate cute Jill Sobule...